wiped my face and all this black came off you just wiped your face and all this black came off uh i think you should explain that <laughs> i have like crazy eyeliner going on and i rub my eyes and i'm like uh like that's the hard part about being a woman <laughs> that that's the hard part about being a woman yes that's the one thing when you got that eyeliner that looked good good and then you go like you wipe and then you're like uh and my eyebrows too they're a little orange so i wiped it i was like what is this wearing a lot of makeup right now well and on that note i suppose we should go ahead and get started with our with with the episode uh hello movie lovers welcome to in love with movies a podcast where we talk about something having to do with love and something having to do with movies <laughs> we never we never excellent practice throw. this excellent before throw. we start <laughs> it's the improv starring me right there that, there it is that's that's where it's all at that's what it's all about yeah Good thing you guys can't see me because I just smudged the crap out of my makeup. Yeah, had had the whole like cat eye thing going on, and now like you have uh, what's what's one half eye cat eye? Like you've got like eye patched cat eye, <laughs> a crooked cat eye, crooked cat eye, <laughs> side eye, side eye cat eye. I, I don't know, side cat eye. Ooh, speaking of cats, say hello, Bing. Oh yes, good job, good boy. Do we love our cat too much? We do. We do. Uh, one of us might love our cat a little too much. <laughs> All right, what are we talking about today, Nick? Today we are talking about uh, how love can actually be kind of scary. You know, going with the Halloween theme. This episode's Ooh. coming out a few days before that. Spoopy. Hi out there, family, friends, and trick or treaters. Hopefully, you're <laughs> listening to this. Uh, you can have it just playing in the background of your very lame Halloween party that you have going this year. Uh, since, uh, you know, if anybody has trick-or-treating, they're not doing it the same way, and anybody's having parties, they ain't doing that the same way either. Or you shouldn't be doing it the same way. Please, wear a mask, don't have a party. Like, seriously, legit. I, well, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, but with that, so we're talking about how love can be actually kind of frightening, you know, whether it's, 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 you know, if you can be afraid of look, you're going to never find it, you can be afraid of when you do find it, you can be afraid of, you know, what it is to possibly lose it. Uh, you know, love, love is actually is it's one of the best things in the world, but it's also could be one of the very uh, scariest things in the world. So we're going to talk about that for a little while before we move on to what's the movie that we're talking about today, Daniel? It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. That's right. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, if you uh, enjoy that film, hopefully you'll uh, listen to that portion of the podcast and hear our thoughts on it. And if you don't enjoy that film, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So love is scary. Love is scary. Nick, when you Nick came up with this topic. Oh, dear. What, what were you thinking in your head about love is scary? Well, I, I kind of was thinking in terms of a couple of different categories, and I came up with a couple of different questions. But you and I have talked about this before, about how like uh, being in a relationship in some ways can actually be even scarier than than like looking for one or you know the fear of never finding one. That that when you find that sort of true love, the realization of what that means mm -hmm. and, and and what that means for you as a person what that means for you going forward what that means for what you have to lose like these are all things that are suddenly f 
far, far more frightening uh, than you ever thought they could be. Even though if you're like an, any normal human being, I think that there's a lot of us out there and I, I shouldn't say normal. There are people that are perfectly happy and asexual and, un, and, and not at all interested in romantic relationships. But I think the vast majority of the human experience is such that we are constantly looking for companionship in some form or another. Mm -hmm. And we are afraid we're not going to find it. And then we finally do find it. And if it's deep enough, it's like, oh, this is like even scarier. So yeah, because you're afraid you're going to lose it. I agree. I think that I thought that I was in love a couple of times, but I just heard something downstairs. <laughs> yeah, I thought I heard something too down. And then the cat is, he's going to go check it out if he can get outside of the. Anyways, I thought I had been in love a couple of times. However, I don't think I actually felt like all of what it means to be in love until I met you. I know that sounds corny and you're like, oh, but you're doing podcasts. And this is why they're tired of us already. Um, but like love is this weird feeling for me. That's like it really is terrifying because you're like, oh, my gosh, I have such a high like I'm feeling such a high and then I could definitely lose it so easily. Like, I don't know. It's is, like, that, is that what you say is the most scary thing about sort of being in love and in with that is that what's the most frightening thing is just the fear of losing it for you definitely for me okay yeah i definitely agree with that i think um but i also think that it's like uh okay hold on listeners the cat is oh there he goes he managed to find his way out i was about to have to pause the podcast i was like this is this is Damn just too distracting cat. um no i think that there's just something about um for me because we've talked about this and i think that you've said you know being in love is scarier than anything but i think that Sometimes it's also just frightening to share your whole self with mm -hmm. a person like true love and commitment, I think, personally. And again, big old grain of salt. We are early in our relationship, uh, you know, by other people's standards. So this is by no means us trying to be like experts in the field. It is just our own personal opinion. In my personal opinion, uh, I, I think part of love is really being vulnerable, like yeah. truly being vulnerable about every dark thought nook and cranny thing that you've done that you're ashamed or embarrassed of and you have to share all of that with the other person and that's 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 the scariest fucking thing in the world yeah no i agree you don't have to share that with the other person but i think that's what makes it so scary and what makes such a deep connection and again this doesn't have to be romantic partner this is just like friendship love like I would agree with that. truly opening your soul to someone else can be horrifying because the world judges us. <laughs> so it's scary to be like, yep, this is what's inside of me. And then hoping that the other person doesn't judge you. And I think when you find that true person, for me, it was Nick never judged me for any of the things that I thought or I did. Yeah. And we've even talked about how like sometimes in our relationship, because I, I obviously feel very little judgment from you, if, if at all. But there's even moments where I'm in a vulnerable place or something and I'm triggered by like, what was the other day? I, I like said I was going to sit down and, and play video games for 20 minutes because I wanted to feel like accomplished because I, you know, could complete like the daily tasks uh, for anybody who's on Red Dead Redemption. Uh, if you play it on PlayStation, find us at on our social medias and tweet at me, uh, Nial Fiba, uh, N-I-A-L-F-E-B-A, and I will happily uh, posse up with you. But anyway, uh, so I was completing this task and you kind of like... Not, not meaning to be in a mean way or judgmental, just kind of couldn't help but laugh and shake your head and said something like, you know, it's ridiculous to me that you feel accomplished by accomplishing something in a video game. Yeah. And that hurt. 
Sorry. <laughs> but that's like that's the an example of the reason it hurts so much. We talked about this was was like that's that's what love is. That's what scariness is like. That's mm-hmm. it's just this stupid innocuous thing, but it is something that is genuinely true about me. Is like I can get some feeling of accomplishment for the day. Uh, I always think it's going to be more than it actually is, <laughs> by the way. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but so my expectancy might be higher, but then it really is or should be. But like that, that, that threat is, is sort of always there. And I think that in a lot of relationships, in my experience, at least the relationships I've had before you, I get that judgment way more often. Uh, and that's why they don't work out. And you kind of, it, we're taught to like, whether it's because you like one thing when you're younger, when, when I was growing up, it was like nerd things, you know what I mean? We're like not cool to like, or whether it's, you know, the, the particular band or, or boy group you don't do or don't like, or, you know, you're at a certain age where it's like, that's not appropriate for you. If someone your age to be into that kind of thing, or, or you know what I mean? Like whatever it is, fashion, whatever, like you're into a thing, you're passionate about a thing and the world will tell you that that's not a cool thing and therefore you should hide it. Yeah. Yeah. That just hit like a deeper, (laughs) deeper thing. I'm sitting here like, whoa, yeah, bro. But for sure, like the world does judge things. So you want to find that cushion somewhere, whether it's like family member, a spouse, a friend that can be the one who doesn't judge you and the things that you care about. Because I was listening to a pod, another podcast the other day that's just like... If, it, if it's one you like, I'm happy to plug other people's it's good Jamila work. Jamila Jamil's podcast. But she literally said, there's no wrong way to ever live. And that was just like, wait, you're right. Like, literally, there's no... You never have to choose a certain way to live. It's society that tries to put that on you. And so I think it's so much easier when you have a partner or a friend or, you know, some other person to be like, no, it really isn't wrong. It's okay. And encourages you. It's yeah. something that you love and that you really are. <laughs> yeah. And I, I totally agree with all of that. And I think that you and I being people who have a certain morality, we would argue that maybe there is a moral wrong way to live, but I also am able to recognize like that that's that morality comes from somewhere within me deciding it and, or from societal pressures of what morality is defined as. And as you just said, like none of that has to be the case, right? Like what's more important about that morality is, is how it helps you sleep at night. Like how, how you feel comfortable in the world that you are in. Uh, and that's really kind of the more key piece, I think. Yeah. No, I mean, there, I agree with you. It's a morality thing, but it's also like people who judge you for liking country music. Yes. Like, what? I'm not doing anything wrong. Right. I'm not hurting anyone listening to Jason Aldean. Okay. So let me like my country music. And yet there will <laughs> people that will come at you about that mm-hmm. as if you had just said, you know, the most atrocious human, uh, you know, rights violation. So, yeah. So definitely putting yourself out there can be horrifying. And then, yeah, in love, being afraid to not get that support back. Yes, for sure. I think that's probably the most frightening thing. And then from there, there's the frightening thing of losing love. Mm-hmm. Like there's just that constant fear. And I, I remember when we were first dating, especially we had to work on that because I think you had a stronger fear of it than I did, at least early on, mm-hmm. where like if I just didn't text for three hours because of work or something or just because, believe it or not, it's possible to have that happen. <laughs> um, you, your brain went to a place that you were like, I like this person so much that I am afraid of losing them and then would be very fearful of like, like you, you know, the, the whole catastrophic way of thinking of things. Yeah. But this is like deep therapy session, but you know, it's our podcast. It's fine. Like, I thought that's what this was about. I thought that, Oh, okay. Sorry. Obviously that comes from deep seated daddy issues. I mean, losing, I lost my father whom I loved very much at a young age. So like thinking that could ever happen again, that's what scares me the most. 
loved the crap out of my dad, love the crap out of you, you know, like, yeah, there's your brain makes those associations and understandably connects those dots. But I don't actually, I mean, I think that, that, that fear for you might be stronger, but I don't think it's, I think our listeners can all probably identify with that fear on some level. Mm-hmm. Like we've all felt that we've all, whether it's, whether you have that thought after three minutes of them not replying to a text message or whether you have that thought after three days of them not replying to a text message sooner or later, you have the thought like, is that person okay? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. That was super scary for me. Just like my brain starts making up like he got hit by a car, or, you know, just like stuff that probably isn't going to happen, but there it goes. But it's because you enjoy that person so much that it's like, it would be catastrophic to lose them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that's like going backwards and kind of going more and more superficial as we go through it. And I don't want to say superficial because I feel like when you're experiencing any one of these levels, whichever one you're at, it feels not superficial, but like existential, like it is important to your core. But so like, there's the fear of just like deep understanding and there's the, the fear of vulnerability. That's what makes love scary. Then there's the fear of losing the person mm-hmm. that also makes love scary mm-hmm. because once you find it, it's like, I don't want to let go of this. This is awesome. I'm so afraid to lose it. I have something worthwhile that it's like fearful to lose. Mm-hmm. And then going back further, there's like, I think we all largely live in fear for a very long time that we will never find it. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, what was, what would be sort of your uh, time that you maybe were most scared or anxious in in early dating could be our early dating or it could be um you know just just like you know date dates one through three in general of what what was the question <laughs> of never finding it or well going in the theme of like maybe i'll never find love think about like times when you were in dates one through three or in early relationships in general just when you were like sort of most scared or maybe had that thought or, or for whatever reason the process of trying to find love was very scary and anxiety producing for you Yeah, I think there's a time in people's lives where people start coupling up. And I mean, I was pretty young when I met Nick, so I was lucky. But there is a very long time. And it wasn't like I won't find someone in general. It was like my fear was no one likes me. (laughs) Like no one wants to spend enough time with me. And that, again, is like childhood trauma. Y'all, I'm in therapy. It's great. Of like always thinking that I'm never good enough for someone else. So that was scary to be like, do I have to change who I am or like. Am I just going to be like not good enough for another human? Yeah. And I think the reason I want to bring this up is because I know we do actually have some younger listeners and and some people who are earlier in their love sort of uh, story than we are. And like, I just want to let you guys know if you're listening and you in that, if you identify with that at all, that you are afraid you're not going to find the right person, that there's no one out there for you. I promise you that there is. This might take a little bit I longer. I promise you. It's some t- some, it, it's, it might take longer. Uh, it took longer for me than it did for Danielle. Uh, it's taken longer for others that, you know, my, my mom, uh, God lover, ha- has found, you know, I think probably the love of her life well past her, her first husband dying. And, uh, you know, uh, my, that would be my dad. Like, but it took her that period. It took her like it didn't even include sort of what we all think of as here's your love story. The, the man you marry, the man you have kids with probably not actually the end of her love story like and so i think that no matter where you are in life just know that that person is out there and there will be someone who is what's the like saying Uh, your your lobster you'll find your lobster (laughs) from friends yeah Yeah, sure yeah lobsters mate for life lobsters mate for life (laughs) yeah i agree and it's also i'm gonna swear bullshit if anyone thinks i've already dropped an f-bomb i know i saw that i heard that (laughs) it gets marked explicit um 
if someone thinks that they have to change themselves for someone else, because that's not going to be someone you want to be with anyways in the long run, if they think that you're not who you are. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think we've, we've, you and I've talked about that a lot on this podcast. So I won't gonna go into it too much to belabor the same point. But I would argue that I think that even if you are not even sure who you are, like there are certain facets of you that you're, you know, and there are other facets that you're still figuring out. And that's also totally okay. Mm-hmm. And like the right person will accept all of that. And, and I think, and we've talked about this a lot, like, pop culture tells us the way to essentially have a happy marriage or a happy life is to pretend that you're someone else. Yeah. Whether it's something as extreme as like my husband's never seen me without makeup because I wake up five minutes before him to, to get, put it on. Or, you know, it's the subtle things of like every story for every sitcom of a married couple has to center around somehow the man or the woman hiding something or outright lying to their spouse about yeah. something they've done or said. Like, that's dumb, <laughs> in my opinion. It makes yeah. it makes for great television, not for great relationships. Correct. Yeah, and that goes back to the vulnerability piece. Is like, it is being your true self and putting yourself out there. But you have to trust that that person's gonna love that back. And and I think that speaking to the scariness of I'm never gonna find someone. There are definitely times where I was in dark places in my life, thinking that I would never find someone, and. It, it came from a lot of that rejection and it came from the idea of like, like you said, I'm, I need to change myself or here's how I need to alter it. I can, I mean, obviously I think we've all had, most of us have had these conversations with our friends where we're like, these are the things you do to get a girl. These are the things you do to get a guy. These are the things you do to essentially trick someone to be in a relationship with you. <laughs> and, and that to me has just always, always ne- like ended poorly because sooner or later you're going to be unhappy because you're not able to be your authentic self, even mm-hmm. in your relationship. For sure. There's, there's actually, this just made me, go, I have to go off on a random psychology tangent at right, every go, time go, go. that we have every episode. Uh, there's even this idea of sort of authentic leadership and, and authentic authenticity at work. And it's coming out of a little bit more of the DNI stuff too, of diversity and inclusion. Uh, the idea that like for everyone to feel like they can be them full selves at work, it will increase their everyone's well-being like the psychological well-being of your employees will be higher if everyone feels that they can be them their true selves instead of i think we all have like a persona you know what i mean that we Mm -hmm. kind of carry into work and the more inclusive you are of all of those things makes it more easily accessible for you to be inclusive of all of those things including identities or passions that are related in some way to race religion creed etc um, and so there's a fair amount of research that's like supporting that idea. And I, and I like that. And it's something I'm personally kind of looking at if I can figure out a way to work it. But I also, it makes me think about like, yeah, imagine if not only at the workplace, you pretended to be someone else, but then you came home yeah. and pretended to be someone else. Yeah, for sure. So moral of the story, be your damn self. Be your damn self. What's your next question? Um, <laughs> I also, I think we kind of already talked about this, but you know, maybe, just sort of say what you feel in terms of is it scarier when you're looking for love or is it scarier when you've found it just in general weighing everything we've talked about that's a tough question uh i think both both no 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 you have to pick one (laughs) they're different kinds of scary okay when you're looking for someone you do have that thought like am i the right person for them are they the right person for me am i gonna be alone Blah, 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 blah. Then when you find someone like, okay, full transparency, I have like multiple dreams a week that 
Nick and I are like broken up somehow. So like, even though outside I'm like very happy, it's like feel supported in my relationship. Dream Nick, we call him, is a jerk and like always leaves me. And that's like my biggest fear. So I think that maybe being in a relationship is scary. Very, very scary because it's that deep level of scare of like, holy cow, I spent a lot of time with this person. I've put a lot of, I bought a house with this person and then they still have the ability to run away. Well, if it makes you feeling better, it'd be a lot harder for me to run away at this point. Legally, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that's always scary to be like, holy cow. I've built a life with someone and then I could lose it. Yeah, I think I have to agree with you. It's like you don't. It's the sort of when you're afraid you're not going to find love, you have this idea of what it is, but you don't really have that much actually invested in that thing Mm -hmm. because it's just this idea. Whereas when you find it and then the more time you spend with that person, the more time you spend with that person, you can see how people end up in you know, unhappy relationships because it's just sort of a, a sunk cost fallacy. It's like damn, I got a lot in this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's more, uh, you're more afraid to leave the person than to be with them still. And going back to that question, I think that it's actually fun. (laughs) The dating process that like, I got a lot of heartbreak and, you know, weird feelings and stuff, but that's exciting. Not saying love isn't exciting. So it's not something that should be feared because you don't, you learn more about yourself in that process. And then when you choose a partner, you get married, buy a house with them, do all that thing, all that tang. All that tang. Uh, you still learn about yourself, but you learn about yourself as a couple. You learn about yourselves together, which is also very interesting and fun to be like, oh, this is how we do dishes. <laughs> I don't know why that's what I thought of, but this is how we navigate this situation. It's also like becoming another person. You're like, I'm a wife and I'm also danny miami <laughs> and like learning to navigate those two we can't lose danny miami oh she's not going anywhere <laughs> all right well did you have anything else to talk about how love is scary oh that was the whole thing that's uh, that was all i had oh yeah no nightmares um lots of deep heart feelings but it's fun it's like a haunted house i i'm very scared of haunted houses but at the end you're like ah this is fun <laughs> Not like, ah, but like, ah. Just just never know what's around the next corner. But then when you're outside of the haunted house. Yeah. You're like, wow, that was fun. Interesting. I think my words of wisdom, you know, in my two years of marriage is just to like be yourself and have fun in it. And guess what? Being scared is normal. I think we don't talk about those things enough. Yeah. Like we don't normalize that like marriage is scary like i remember early on in our relationship i like woke up in the middle of the night i was like (gasps) wait this is forever like (laughs) (laughs) this was the guy i chose and there's no other one (laughs) and like it was almost like a subconscious like (gasps) and then i was like oh that's fine i like him and you know but still there's like always those random like oh no like at bachelorette parties parties it's like same dick forever. Same dick forever. You know, Did that get chanted at yours? No, I don't. Uh, maybe. I don't remember. Before or after I don't some random guy made out with some you. of these things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So it's it's scary to lose the like what you might think of as freedom part of yourself. Sure. But honestly, since I met Nick, I haven't had the desire to be with anyone else besides Justin Timberlake. 
No, but I, I no, I actually think I totally agree with you. I don't want to belabor it too much, but I, I agree with you. Like we don't talk about it and we don't normalize it. And there's people that they pretend like there's this pattern to trick someone to be with you and then also pretend like you're just supposed to suddenly be wholly committed and your brain is never supposed to question that idea at any level. And it's like eh, everybody's questions it at some level. It's okay. Yeah, it's there's okay. pretty people out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is definitely not backed up by anything, but my own personal art, our advice is just, just share that too. That's another thing. It's scary to share that. We constantly comment on people of both sexes in terms of like, Oh man, look at that. Yeah. I'll be like, look at Carabo. Oh God. He's so hot. And Nick will be like, yeah, I know. And now people are judging us because we just basically openly admitted that we, we judge your, other people. Um, get closer through sides. Hashtag. <laughs> That's that might be one of the roughest attempts at a segue for this that we've ever had. But yes, it is time for us to make sure that we get that done. So what is hashtag closer through science? Danny? Why do you always make it ex me explain it? OK, it's these uh, these questions that Nick found on the Internet and through the psychology articles. And we ask them to each other to get, quote, closer. I don't know. I said, quote, but. They're scientifically proven. Paul, I need Paul. Paul. <laughs> scientifically proven to bring people closer together. Doesn't have to be a spouse. It could be a friend, your mom, your brother, your and co-worker. And so we encourage all of you movie lovers to to get closer with us and get closer through science using the hashtag closer through science on all of our social medias and let us know what your answers to this question are. Yeah. Um, I think it's your turn to answer if I remember correctly. Okay. What's okay. the question? So the question is, this will be perfect, actually. Okay. Given that we were talking about dreams earlier. Oh. Is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it? Wow. That's a deep question. Something that I've dreamed of doing for a long time. And why haven't I done it? I kind of dream about moving to LA. Okay. Yeah. I would say, like, I want to be a comedian <laughs> i want to be a star i kind of want to be a star here why haven't i done it because i'm getting old now and yeah i mean you're like north of 25 you old i'm gonna be hag. 29 soon so uh and then it's because you know i'm comfy in chicago chicago really is my home so it's probably the fear of moving somewhere far away from my family it is my family my friends and, and my family absolutely absolutely it would that would be hard for me i'm you know this i'm south side irish and we all stay together and so just breaking that up would be a scary thing for me and also the fear of failure i don't have a lot of experience so people would be like yeah you're a waitress for the rest of your life instead of just like putting me in tv shows or something i don't know well, wow, that was a lot. <laughs> that was that was perfect. That was perfect. Spoiler alert, I'm not going to move to LA. But we'll visit a lot. I like it there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you want to hear uh, me answer qu that question, follow us on our social media pages. Uh, in the letter in love with movies uh, at uh, that's an ad on Twitter. What's the at on Instagram, Danielle? 
in love underscore with movies. There you go. And Facebook is facebook.com slash with movies in love. So follow us on all of those places and you'll see later uh, us post with the hashtag closer through science. But post also your answers to this question and, and at us at those different locations with the hashtag closer through science because we want to know what your what your dreams are and what's keeping you from Yeah, why you ain't done them. it yet. Yeah. Follow your dreams, people. Follow your dreams if you can. Or have a really good excuse why not the way Danielle just did. <laughs> So one other thing we want to we want to challenge you all. So with the social media, we are trying to up our listenership. Uh, this we, we, our goal is to get to a larger number of subscribers uh, this season. That's our that's our big push. So we're trying to get to right now for this time being uh, this month. Our goal is 250 subscribers. So we, we what we want to do right now is I want everyone who's listening to make sure that you subscribed, make sure you like, make sure you give us a rating. All of that stuff helps us on whatever app you're doing. And then we we got a little bit of a bump last uh, last month. So thank you all so much, because if you're hearing this, if you've got this in your ear holes and you have any joy whatsoever that you get just this once a month, we make you smile even once. Do us a favor, and while you're listening to the uh, With Movies portion with Hocus Pocus that's coming next, while you're still listening to it, go ahead and share us on your social media. Give us a like, subscribe, share us with one person. Send us even via text message and say, hey, you know what? To one other person, you're like, I know you're a fan of Hocus Pocus. I mm-hmm. think you're going to dig this. Get a crack Get out of it. Get through all the mushy love part. Yeah. Get to Hocus yeah. Pocus. Get to Hocus Pocus. <laughs> uh, and, you know, then just share it with one other person. Because if everyone who's listening shares it with one other person, uh, and then those people especially, if they then share it with one other person. So if you've got this from someone else, please pass it along. That that movie, pay it forward. All right. Uh, we'll get to 250 before we even speak to you all next. So go ahead and do that for us. We would love it very much. And as an incentive, what are we going to do, Danny? Oh, I'm not doing anything, but <laughs> Nick is going to put out his own WAP video Yes, on TikTok. WAP, WAP, WAP. Well, we could post it pretty much across the board yeah, if, if we I will there. pick his outfit. <laughs> oh, I don't think I'd agree to that, but all right, I'll, I'll go with it. It's going to involve glitter <laughs> sequence. All right. So if you want to see me Four do balls. embarrassing uh, dance moves and attempts, make sure to share this with everyone and encourage people to subscribe because we had 250 subscribers. Uh, we will go ahead and post a WAP video. So don't forget to do that. All right. Stop fast forwarding now because you've made it to Hocus Pocus. <laughs> All right. And we will see you on just the other side of this brief uh, interruption for sponsorships. Brief interruption. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. In love with movies. Da-da-da. In love with movies. Da-da-da. I put a spell on you. And now you're gone. Yeah, something like that. My heart, it fell on you. And it was strong, so strong, so strong, so strong. <laughs> Welcome back, movie lovers. Uh, thank you very much for bearing with us in that brief little interlude from our... Uh, no, not you. She just Danielle just made the like bearing most offended... <laughs> I was referring to our sponsorship uh-huh. that they would have just gotten oh, through okay. before listening to this portion of the podcast. For sure, for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I'm sure you all loved coming back to the dulcet tones of my wife before... I don't know what that word means. Is that a good word or a bad word? <laughs> What's the word you said? Dulcet tones. I'm gonna look it up. All right, <laughs> but we'll look that up later. Uh, Danny, Danny, what are we uh, discussing here today, and why are you singing like that? Oh, it is just my favorite movie in the whole world. Hocus pocus. Dan, Danny is actually wearing a hocus pocus <laughs> T-shirt right now. That it that uh, 
was your your brother's girlfriend gave it to you, right? Yeah. Thanks, and Anna. She has basically worn this thing. Like, I'm kid you not, everyone. This is within the last several weeks, and she's worn it almost every day since then. She wore it three days straight before she let me wash. It's like it's like having a child, you know what <laughs> I mean? Where they like have that princess outfit that there's that commercial. I uh, get it off her once a week, and she, you know, is a cowboy for that one day, and then I wash the princess outfit and give it back to her. That's basically how this T-shirt's gone. Yeah, because it's like subtly brilliant. It says Sanderson Sisters Brewing Company, established 1693. <laughs> how cool is that? And I'm also sad that I'm not drinking out of my Hocus Pocus mug. So for our anniversary, I gave her a mug that has the three Sanderson sisters on it. It's purple, which is her favorite color, which, of course, made things even better. Uh, and she was, you know, crazily excited about that as well. <laughs> Getting all kinds of computer updates. Uh, and it says, a muck, a muck, a muck. <laughs> a muck, a muck, a muck, a muck. We, anyway, we'll, we'll share uh, the photo with Danielle's... Um, We'll show a f- photo of Danielle's T-shirt and her mug on on our socials. So make sure to follow us there. For those of you out there who are our big uh, Sanderson sister witches fans, yep. So should we talk about the movie instead yeah, of let, just me? But <laughs> let's let's do that. That'd be a better idea. Okay. Well, Hocus Pocus. It was 1993, correct? Uh, I believe that's what I had. Yes. Just because I did the math, and 300 years after 1693 is 1993. I love how that's how you did the math as opposed to like just thinking about when or how this movie came out or anything. Starring really no famous kids or anything. Like those kids didn't really amount to much, but Bette Midler. (laughs) Uh, Thora Birch. We'll talk about Thora Birch. She amounted to some stuff. Sarah Jessica Parker and Karen Najimy. Kathy. Kathy Najimy. What was that again? How'd you say that? How do you say her last name? Catherine. It's Catherine Nojimi. Catherine Kathy. Nojimi. Her name's Kathy. Is okay. It? Okay. Whatever. Anyways. So, okay. Yeah. So this is a movie. Why don't you, Danielle, since uh, we are both big fans of this film, mm-hmm. uh, which so movie lovers, you get to get that chance where this is that rare episode where neither of us is doing much to crap on uh, the movie that we are watching. We both actually have these in our sort of histories of movies that we've enjoyed and we both have love stories for them. But I, I think it's fair to say. You love it even maybe more than I do. So why don't you give us your love story for this movie? Oh, we're starting with the love story. Um, Have you forgotten how we do this podcast? I don't know how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Say that every time. Um, So it came out in 1993. I was born in... I came out in 1992. (laughs) (laughs) So I genuinely don't... No, I do remember the first time watching this. I remember watching this when I was probably six or seven on the living room floor with my mom and my brother, and her saying, I really want you to see this movie because I think you'll like it. And I saw it and I was like, <gasps> like not, I not saw the movie, I saw the like pictures, you know, when you go through the VHS aisles in the video store. And I was like, <laughs> mommy, that's too scary. I can't watch it. And she's like, no, you just have to trust me. And so I trusted Barb. I always trust Barb. And it was just, it was not scary at all. The only thing that kind of scared me was um, Billy a little bit because he's, he's a zombie, so he's a little scary. And he's like, Barb. But I, yeah. I, I, I was obsessed from the second I saw it. And then the, the little girl's name is Danny, which is funny because I didn't go by Danny until I was an adult. <laughs> but I knew she had the same name as me. So I was like, she's cool. And then her brother is cute. And then Thackeray. Oh, what a heartthrob. Am I right? <laughs> You're talking about the actor who played him? Yeah, not the cat. 
I mean, <laughs> we all know your proclivity for cats. So Stop it. <laughs> you may or may not have open mouth kissed Bing before. I mean, I'm just I'm just saying I wanted to make sure we clarify. Okay. Anyways, the actor that plays Thackeray Biggs, except I didn't know that his name was Thackeray. Guys, can you hear me? Thackeray Biggs for like 12, 15 years after that, which is wild. Yeah, and I didn't realize until this time watching it when we were like kind of going through IMDb stuff. You've got such a heartthrob on for him, but you could you did like if you watched NCIS, you'd see him on a regular basis. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about the actor, and I'm trying to look up his name right here real quick because I had looked it up before, and now I can't find it. Sean Murray, Sean Murray. There we go. Mind blown. It's uh the guy who plays McGee. For those of you who might be NCIS fans. Uh. But, but in this movie, the actor only has like two scenes. <laughs> yes. And then I thought that he was the voice of um, Binks the whole time. Like until we just watched it again and we looked things up. He's actually not the voice of the cat, which is weird. He only plays Thackeray in real life as in the beginning and then in the end as a ghost. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. He's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, the voice is actually by Jason Marsden. Jason Marsden. Uh, who I knew mostly from a goofy movie, which may Max, yeah, yes, we may watch that uh, at some point in the future. He's also had some some roles on what was it, uh, Boy Meets World? We yeah. saw him on. Uh, he was like Disney Channel types of things when he was a young like teenage actor, mm -hmm. and then clearly transitioned just into like voice acting, which he wasn't bad to look at. So I, he sold himself short on that I, one. I, maybe maybe he wanted a choice. Maybe maybe he's like, you know what? This voice acting gig is a lot easier. Maybe it was this movie where he was like, hey, they didn't need me on set. Yeah, I'll definitely do this. But imagine. So apparently they so they actually dubbed over Sean Murray's scenes. I can't remember if I told you this when I was looking at it because we had that question. Like, so not only did he do the voice for the cat, but in the scenes where you actually see McGee from NCIS, you see his face. Thackeray. Thackeray. They dubbed over with with uh, Jason Marsden's voice. Yes, no, they did. Yes, they did. They dubbed over it because they wanted it to be the same. And they said that he, they thought that uh, Jason Marsden had more of an, quote, old world feel to his voice. And that's why they therefore replaced poor McGee. With so you never Goof hear Moody. his voice. You never hear his voice through the whole film. They all of the scenes that are live action with that actor, they still dubbed over his voice with the other guys. Whoa. Is your mind, mind blown? Mind blown, but also good job. This was 1993 and I had no idea they right? did that. And this is just like when I see something like that and then I compare that to other movies that have just god awful ADR where you can tell that it's like it's the same actor or actress and mm -hmm. they just have not matched it at all. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how, like, how is it you do that? And then you had the ability to make this seem so perfect that I literally never noticed. In fact, I can remember thinking at previous times when I've watched this movie that the, the guy's voice sounded familiar and sounded like when he's a cat like Max. I thought it sounded like uh, Max Goof. And I remember like looking it up and I think I like I scroll and then I don't see the voice actor's name. I would see uh, the the face actor's name first and I was like no it's not the same guy I can't be but you got to go scrolling deeper because there's two different people with the, the credit for Thackeray Binks that is wild to me speaking of like this being like holding up I mean the animatronics on Binks is it's hard for me to say Binks now because our Bing. cat's name is Bing so I'm like <laughs> <laughs> um is amazing and actually I have a bunch of fun facts about oh, this movie ooh, fun fact that just on came me. from my brain and a video you were watching the other day um <laughs> <laughs> Binks the cat was actually the um, inspiration kind of like they the prototype I guess for Salem the cat in what is that? Sabrina the <laughs> yeah, Teenage Witch God, wait no, hold on with uh, 
Melissa Joan Hart, right? Yeah. Now, wait, was he the prototype or was he like the actual animatronic animal that got used? I don't know. I wasn't listening that well. Oh, I thought it was the same one. I, I, maybe maybe I it is the same one. Anyways, because <laughs> if you notice, Salem looks very similar to Binks. He does. Yeah. I mean, they're both just kind of generic black cats. So other fun fact. A lot of you probably know this because Bud feeds are what's it called? <laughs> Buzzfeed. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm wow. wasted right now. Just kidding. It's 10 in the morning. Um. The fountain that you see at their high school in the scene where they put the witches into the oven is the Friends fountain. It's the exact same one. And Nick and I saw it in January in person because it was also in Stars Hollow. Yes. On the set. Because it's on the WB lot, right? You're squishing my my cord. I can't move. Okay, thank you. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) It's on the WB lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last... Pre-pandemic things we used to do. (laughs) Ha ha ha. The last fun fact is that my guinea pig was named Winnie, and a lot of people thought it was like Winnie the Pooh. No, that bitch was named after Winifred Sanderson because she had orange fur and buck teeth. And I was just <laughs> obsessed with Hocus Pocus. So I was like, yes, this is Winnie. She had like the same puff like uh, Bette Midler's hair. Yeah, in she this. did. And she would always sing, you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's <laughs> so funny to me. Okay, what was your love story with this, Nick? Oh yeah, I totally forgot that. That's we, we're like wow, we're like ten minutes in and we still haven't. We're only on the love stories. Um, no, I uh, so the love story for me was I I think I vaguely remember. I don't know if I saw this in theaters or not. How old were you in 1993? I would have been six years old. Okay. What I do remember is it being on VHS. Mm-hmm. For when we were, it was like sometime in the fall. So this movie actually came out in July, fun fact. Mm-hmm. So I think it probably would have been like October-ish of 1993. Because I think they churned it around quickly so that they could have it out on VHS release. Mm-hmm. Like for the, hol- the Halloween season. And I remember us having it at Plan, Do, and Talk. The uh, the the private, whatever, the, the daycare that I went to. And there was this weird thing that would happen there sometimes when... Uh, because at this point I would have been, I think, first grade. So as long as you're like actually in grades, uh, even though it was a school that had, you know, like the, the, the stuff, if there was a snow day or if there was a fog day, that was actually a thing where I was growing up. You'd have a fog day or a fog delay. Oh, wow. Um, that there are times that if the fog lasted long enough, it'd be all day. Sometimes it would just be like two or three hours. So I, it must have been, I think, a fog delay. Um, but if you're like, if the city schools, uh, you know, had the delay, but I would have already been there because my parents would have to uh, drop me off early. Danielle's giving me the like <laughs> the, uh, the clock. I, Any day It's now. a Baldwin story. Um, <laughs> so the point being like the they would play this movie is is like. Wow. <laughs> it was very long leading up to they played Hogan's. But I, I distinctly remember one because I just have this vivid memory in my head of there was this one room that was like an activities room that we were stuck in because you would get dropped off like before 6 a.m. before they had made the sort of fog delay call mm-hmm. but then they couldn't technically like you could they couldn't teach the kids that were only there because you didn't have a full class because the other kids were not there so instead they would just like find things for you to do and one of the things that they would do would be throw on movies and this movie in particular i just remember sitting in that sitting on the floor in that activity room just staring up at a television just absolutely engrossed and like uh, scared and excited at different points. And yeah, that was the, that was the point. That was okay. I'm done. That was a very long story. Okay. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) And I also think like just rewatching it now, it is still engrossing. Like I never, 
there's okay I'm, i was watching halloween town i enjoy halloween town a lot halloween town 2 is much better than this the first one but i found myself kind of scrolling on my phone a little bit during halloween town halloween town it took us three sittings to get through it because that movie has no content okay we'll talk about that later but uh hocus pocus is just engrossing it's like thinking about it again we watched it what four or five days ago yeah i would watch it again right now me too i'm obsessed <laughs> with it it's just it creates this world that makes you feel like this is real i mean it doesn't really create a world it just puts you in salem massachusetts but i think that that world is halloween and you just it just feels fall the second you get into this movie so yeah and they do a good job kind of setting that stage and i feel like that it was the archetype then for like every kids halloween ish movie that came out around that time or during the 90s uh i feel like it was an excellent balance of like some genuinely scary things if you're a kid mm -hmm. along with like it not being so scary and also just like you said filling the 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 thing i also forgot to mention one part of my my love story because oh, i got you, you, you distracted me okay go i'll ahead. try to be shorter with this yeah basically i think a while ago we had some question that was like what's your first celebrity crush or something along those lines and i had said someone because i couldn't think of anything right i think thora birch was probably my first celebrity crush i can remember being a kid and thinking she was cute af and she probably would have been about the same age i don't know maybe a couple of years older than me mm -hmm. uh so that's the girl who plays danny by the way just you know, not allison it might have been some <laughs> foreshadowing just saying <laughs> love it okay so should we talk about the actual movie yeah let's do that okay so hocus pocus one thing when i was a kid that i always forgot is that it opens up in 1693 and i love that you think you're getting into this like fun disney adventure movie and then it's like bah, bah, and then you hear like come little children which is funny to sing now but let's be real that's creepy as hell that's a very scary <laughs> song and so you're like set in this world in 1693 where thackeray lost his sister he's like where where's emily emily and except he's not he's kind of british half british it's an interesting <laughs> accent that he has he's got an old world voice you're right you're right and so emily i was thinking about it when we were watching it like that's terrifying these witches suck the souls out of children and so as a kid you're like oh that's very scary as an adult i'm like i'm not a kid anymore so they don't want me <laughs> but i'm a child at heart dang it <laughs> as a child like that's a very scary concept and then they suck the soul out of emily and turn her into an old woman and then do they show her turning into an old woman yeah she like well when you see her again she's got gray hair and she's hunched over and she's like yeah Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. I just like look. They away. don't show her face, but they show her outline of her being an old woman. And then Thackeray tries to save her and can't, and instead must live forever. And then I love that the jump scare comes from, Bruh! and then the teacher is telling the story in present day. Present day, that's 1993, Salem. <laughs> and then you open on a guy who doesn't believe in hocus pocus. Just a bunch of hocus pocus. <laughs> because he just moved over from L.A. to salem poor kid yeah all you california folk got no respect for the witchcraft and we were talking about how hard that would be for max he's 16 or 17 and he has to go to a brand new high school like that's rough a rough transition to go from la to salem he's he's weathering it pretty well though one thing that kind of occurred to me i remember always i think maybe because i just i saw myself as the geeky type and i feel like a lot of movies he's and tv shows geeky. well that's what i was about to say okay i saw myself <laughs> as the geeky type and a lot of movies and tv shows kind of have uh, i think i think a lot of times the protagonist is a geeky type and so like in my head i sort of always remembered him as being somewhat geeky but the reality is no not at all he is a 
ballsy mofo like he yeah. in the middle of class in front of everyone he's just like he is my number give me a call and i was like whoa that's a power move right there yeah and then let's talk about that next power move yep. where allison says trick or treat and gives him his number back beautiful Love beautiful it. that's Love like it, this allison. is what you get for me and smug that's what you get oh sorry i didn't read i wasn't reading my notes but uh, one of the most famous well i don't know if it's the most famous but one of my favorite lines of the whole movie happens in like the first five minutes when you are introduced to the Sanderson sisters. Um, oh, look, another glorious morning makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> Just so good. Um, oh, another thing I wrote, Thackeray runs through the forest barefoot. Like, was he actually, was that actor running around on those trees and sticks barefoot? I mean, I don't think that they were probably anywhere. There was real trees and sticks. I'm guessing they were on some set somewhere. But Stop yes, it. barefoot. That was the real woods. I'm sorry. <laughs> not the type of scene that... Did you not get like there was a back... To, never mind. Okay, I'm not going to ruin your... I'm, you just, Stop yeah, we're ruining my childhood. Jeez. And then another thing in the beginning before we go back to school is um, that you're introduced to one of my favorite characters, Book. Book! He just like has a little mind of his own. His eyes switch back and forth. I just love that. Um... And then I was so sad when, like, Binks is a cat and he's like, Dad, Dad, like rubbing on his dad's leg. Sorry, I know we went back in time, but I forgot there's so much that happens in the 1693 area. That was that really, was really kind of sad when you think about it because he's like, away, foul beast. Like, imagine yeah, if your dad just like, kicked dad, you. Dad, it's me. I'm a cat. Here's something that that highlights, though, that is a nit I can pick because I like to pick nits when we watch these movies. Do okay. you know where I'm going with this? Yeah, because then he talks. About I was going to say 300 years later, he learns how to talk. <laughs> I think over time, you got to do something. You got to learn to talk. Bing, if we gave you 300 years, would you learn how to be able to talk? I don't think I think he's actually behind this couch right now. He's with us. Yes, I would, Dad. <laughs> Bing, what did you just say? Uh, that's OK. That's weird. Uh, so if we're going back to small random things, though, did you also notice the uh, Winnie's uh, socks and shoes? Winifred Sanders socks and shoes are identical to those underneath the house in the Wizard of Oz for, I guess it would be the Wicked Witch of the East. But so that they're like the iconic black and green striped with the like curly toed shoes. They are exactly the same as those in the Wizard of Oz that end up under the house. So, you know, maybe she's actually uh, the Wicked Witch of the East, just saying. Wow. I mean, those costumes are iconic. Like, I love them. Oh, we should do that as a, we, we got, we'd have to get a third. Do that. It'd be good. It'd be a fun Halloween costume. Anyway. Okay. Um, so then we're back to present day 1993 in Salem. School's out. It's Halloween. Everyone is pumped. So then <laughs> Max is like, Ugh. Allison gave me my number back. I'm so mad. I'm going to ride my bike through the graveyard because that's how I get home. And there's bullies in the graveyard and they steal his shoes. It's uh, ice and... I don't know the the blonde guy's name. He said it, but I, I like. Yeah, because you're like, this is Ernie. Man, I told you he's not Ernie anymore. It's ice. And then he has ice in the back of his head. I just okay, so funny. quick note, though, and, and we'll see if the, you're going to make me like cut this out later. The blonde haired, <laughs> long haired guy uh -huh. reminded me of your friend PK. Interesting. No, you don't have to cut that out. <laughs> you, you didn't get any PK vibes from no, it at all? Oh, my God. I wrote that down. That's funny. I also thought it was hilarious that ice, though, was like a clear. I mean, vanilla ice was huge at this time. Yeah. And I just thought it was really funny that this guy's like trying to be that type of wannabe tough guy like vanilla ice. Yeah. Um, and then when Max actually gets home, he's so angry. He's like, oh, I hate this place. 
I loved Max's room. I used to like fantasize about like, what if I lived in a house that had a room with the stairs up at the top? Nah, me too. Yeah. I legit was like, that is my like fantasy house to have like that extra attic private space. I would imagine like getting away from people that way. Every kid probably felt that way. That house had such a cool profile look too from the, Mm -hmm. although the one thing that occurred to me now is I was like, wow, that house doesn't actually look that big though. I remember in my head, it felt like it was like this huge house. And then now I was looking at it. I was like, no, it's a standard size house. (laughs) But I know it's still the, it's actually a house in Salem, so you can go take your picture outside of it. I think people live there. Um, and then you meet Danny when she jump scares out of the closet. That part used to scare me too. Like, <gasps> what's in the closet? Watching him and the and Max is about to do some dirty things with his pillow, but luckily Danny stops him because he's like, <laughs> "Oh, Allison, oh, Allison." And then Danny pops out and. It's funny. I literally never in my brain connected those two things as you're absolutely right. As a like 16 year old, he was probably not going to stop at just, you know, pretending to be making out with the pillow. Okay, but in Disney World, you are. And so then Max and Danny, you get to see their relationship there. And Danny is I wrote down like Danny is me because he's like, I'm not going to take you trick or treating and you can't stop me or something. And then she goes, getting a little glimpse into danielle's dynamic with her sibling yeah um so then they have to go trick-or-treating this is where it all happens right this is where the whole thing begins sorry i'm going through every scene of this movie i was gonna say this is this is not normally how we do this but are we going scene by scene is this how we're gonna go through my notes okay Okay. the bullies there's a bigger group of bullies during trick-or-treating they're bullying children they're making the kids pay the candy tax. And I'm like, you're 16 and these kids are eight. Leave them alone. This seems like a pretty typical thing to me. Like that's literally like if a 16 year old is out being an asshole uh, in the middle of uh, trick or treating, I feel like that's what the 16 year old is going to do. Because the reality is what it really is about is they're like bitter that they feel too old to be able to just trick or treat and get the candy themselves. They want the candy. So instead they're like lashing out at young children being like, I'm just going to be a jerk instead and get my candy anyway. Well, Excuse me. That's messed up. So then they happen upon Allison's house, which is a mansion downtown Salem. And there's this masquerade ball going on. Of course. And Max is like, (gasps) isn't that what rich people do all the time? Yeah. Rich people out there. Can you let us know? Do you have masquerade (laughs) balls on Halloween? (laughs) Um, So then there's this awkward moment where Danny's like, oh, this is Allison. He really Max really likes your what do you call him, Max? Yabos. (laughs) Yabos. <laughs> I used to love that. I I had I had more than anything that scene when we were watching it this time. I was like, I cannot believe. Like his face is actually pretty well acting. He's just like mortified. But at the same time, it's like, what do you do? Like, there's if you if you can be a jerk, like you're gonna make yourself look worse. Like, but he's just like, please stop. Like, <laughs> so then this is where it all begins. They venture into the Sanderson house because Max is trying to impress Allison. Boy tries to impress girl and then lights the black flame candle. Okay, here's a question. Mm -hmm. We both saw this early in our lives. Go ahead. I had no idea what the hell a virgin was. Look at this note. I didn't understand what a virgin was. (laughs) And it comes up so much. Like it occurred to me this time watching. I was like, how did this get past censor? Like I I. I'm sure at some point I asked either one of those teachers that was there when I was watching this movie or someone else like, what's a virgin? I, I don't I do not specifically remember what the answer is, but I got to imagine there's a, like just hundreds, if not thousands of children that ask their parents. Yeah. What's a virgin, mom? <laughs> or just like sit there and wonder, like, what makes Max a virgin? What was the characteristic of him that made him a virgin? Yeah, I literally I think I remember just thinking like, oh, he's a dweeb or he's he's puny or he's like not, uh, you know, 
macho masculine something along those lines i don't know which of course is goes into like the toxic masculinity of what is defined by a virgin anyway and mm-hmm. what defines virginity anyway yeah but, i'm actually sure that it got past the censors because they're promoting virginity in a way like look at look the cool things you can do you can summon some witches if you're a virgin <laughs> <laughs> so then the witches come bum 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 and they look exactly like they did when they died which i love again Outfits are awesome. And then... Yeah, when they make the sequel, I'm a little bit worried for that part of things. I don't want to talk about the sequel. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. But um, then Danny's in danger again because the witches want to suck her soul. But because there's modern technology, the witches have no idea what's going on. (laughs) So Max turns off the sprinklers... So, so we're just straight up giving an actual summary okay. of this movie scene by These scene. These are just important. Okay, but I will say in that scene, when you re-meet the sisters, and at the beginning, they do such a good job of setting up their personalities and their characteristics. Sure. Sarah is an idiot. Yeah. And it's interesting they called her Sarah when her name is Sarah. The actress, yeah. Yeah, like she eats a spider in that scene. Like she's... <laughs> And she's obsessed with boys because the firemen come. And it's just very funny. I used to love her. And then Mary is just, she's like wants to be Winnie's best friend. But... So so at that same daycare, there was a <laughs> uh, music teacher who, I'll, I, I have to see if I can find photos. But she, I swear to God, Marla looked just like that actress. And I used to like always in my head associate them as basically the same Marla, thing. Marla, Mary. Marla and Mary. Yep. That's funny. Um, okay. So then this is when the adventure starts because now the kid. Oh, so this is when the adventure oh, yeah. starts. Not the previous two times <laughs> when the adventure started. This this right here when the. Okay. Just want to make sure we're all on the same page. So anyway. Listeners, movie lovers, this is where the adventure starts. I'm going to stop doing scene by scene, but I just love it so much. And you guys know <laughs> that how great it is. But basically, now it starts the chase where the witches um, try to find the kids and wants to suck the soul out of Danny because she called her ugly or whatever. I do I do like two things. This is like general comments. Mm-hmm. I thought it was neat that um it kind of occurred to me that like, yeah, he, he like outsmarts them both times, having to like prey on their not knowing things, whether mm-hmm. it's the three times the sunlight later, the the, the, the oven. whole uh, yeah, the oven, the you know, death of deadly fire or whatever. Uh, and then also their sucking souls is like the OG Dementors from uh Harry Potter. Yeah. I literally thought to myself, like this is what this would look like if Harry Potter had been created at that time. That's true. Yeah, so it's just basically an adventure from here on out. And then in the end, obviously, good wins. And so do you want my Danny Dingle right here? Oh, well, we I think we're supposed to do the Danny's Dingle at the very beginning. Maybe that's what we did wrong. We should have done the Danny Dingle and then you wouldn't, have felt compelled to, uh, you know, <laughs> you wouldn't have felt compelled to just lay out the whole thing. So, yes, hold on. Let's let's take a Let's uh, let's now take a moment and let's hear the Danny Dingle. Witches, they die, but not for good. They come back. Siblings. Broken by death of witches, by death by witches. 300 years. New siblings. Not gonna happen this time. Sibling love. Brother saves sister. Freeze cat soul. That's it. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> that was what the movies are about. All right. Well, that's that's apparently your Danny Dingle this time. So now I've just got a couple. Okay. What questions you got for me? Because I realized I just love this movie so much that I can't stop talking about it and then i'll tell you my my summary favorite parts 
Okay, so this might, this <laughs> Which might is be one of, movie. one of the longer uh, episodes that we have in terms of the movies, and that's okay. Okay, ask your questions. Happy sir. Halloween, everyone. <laughs> All right, so uh, my question, what for you was the scariest part? Billy. Just Billy in general? Everything Billy? Well, Billy's actually threatening at first because you think that he's going to hurt Max. He gets summoned from the dead. He comes out as this scary monster and then holds uh, a knife and is holding Max's throat. You're like, oh, my gosh, Billy can hurt someone. He's a scary zombie. But then instead, he uses the knife to cut open his own mouth. And it's like, you hag, you firefly from hell. <laughs> I remember thinking and still kind of feel now like the, even when he's cutting his own lips open, like that's like this gruesome image that's kind of eerie. And it's like, even though he turns out to be a good guy, like that transition happens so fast that I'm with you. I remember it being like, wow, this guy's freaky. Yeah, he was scary. Yeah. Doug Jones does a great job. So for everybody who doesn't know, Doug Jones is the guy who plays uh, Billy. I'm pretty sure this is one of his earlier roles, but he has become kind of like a a known element within Hollywood of like being a creature feature guy. So oh. if you watched uh, like the original Hellboy with. Um, oh, God, I'm forgetting the actor. Doug Jones. Well, it's got him in it. But he like so like uh, Sapien, the, the like human fish guy. He's that. I'm pretty sure he's the human fish guy in the more recent uh, movie with uh, he's he gets tapped a lot by oh good lord Guillermo del Toro he gets tapped a lot by Guillermo del Toro so Pan's Labyrinth the thing with like the eyeballs in its hands that's Doug Jones mm. like basically any weird skinny creature that you can think of that has been in a major movie in the last 20 years it's probably Doug Jones interesting cool he's, he's really good at that kind of physical acting with with nothing but his body by and large cool cool cool, cool. what was your scariest part um, I think to me, one of the things that this movie sets up is is um, like an actual nightmare that I can remember having in general when I was a kid is the idea of like your parents yes. becoming either possessed or just unable to help you. And I think that's obviously a recurring theme because it's like the scariest thing in movies. In a lot of movies, if the kids have to figure it out on their own. And some of the times it's just like we never explain why. But the scariest movies when I was growing up was the ones where like, there was some explanation where your parents are like taken off the board. You, they show them trying to go to the parents and the parents just, you know, are a problem. And in this case, it's like it's this really cool, catchy scene where you've got that awesome song. But then you realize like what's happening there is they're being cast under a spell. Yeah. And then you are left alone like your parents are not there to help you. And they say dance until you die until you die. Yeah. I also wrote that like when they wake up and it's 5 a.m. and they think they killed the witches and Max is like, huh, that's weird. It's 5 a.m. and the parent, our parents aren't back yet. I would be losing my shit if my mom wasn't back. I would be like, where is she? <laughs> so, yeah, I agree with you. That is very scary. And that would have been scary like for you at 5 a.m. if you hadn't just been battling witches and yeah. had any reason to wonder <laughs> like Agreed. maybe they had something to do with that. Yeah. What's your next question? All right. My next question. <laughs> What is your funniest or favorite part? That's a rude question. What? What's? <laughs> I don't. Okay. So think in terms of lighthearted stuff. What's the funniest thing? What's the? What's your favorite part in terms of funniness? In terms of, I like <laughs> when the witches think that they're at the devil's house. They go to like a guy dressed up as the devil's house, and they like are a little slooty dance with him, take his candy, play with his TV. That is just very funny to me, and they still think that kids are hobgoblins but then they find out they're kids that just that cracks me up how about you that's like literally the exact same oh, thing really? although specifically like 
uh, Mary's character Mm -hmm. watching and she's like, she's like watching that baby going around. So I can kind of remember that commercial really yeah and and remember that being on tv and remember the like nature manic nature of that commercial and then her like engaging with it and it just that that image to me is hilarious and then the dog is the thing that gets them out the dog with wings that tiny little dog i will say another i think kathy najimi is just so funny in this movie she's underrated um she is like we fly what do we fly or on what do we fly? And then she rides a vacuum. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, she is clearly like, well, I guess they're both the side, which is her comedic relief, but yeah. Yeah. Very funny. Um, another favorite part of mine, just a little thing is the first time you see Binks get hit by a car. That's not my favorite part, but then he goes and fills back up and he's like, ah, hate it when that happens that is creepy af to me like i i hated that i did not i do not agree with you that scene is just unnerving i just like the idea that your cat can never die (laughs) okay so that does lead me to my next question though which is really funny that you because i swear movie lovers listeners we did not she does not know these questions were coming um but have you ever daydreamed of having an immortal cat (laughs) That you would then pass on to your children. Yes. <laughs> what kind of question is that? Obviously. Yeah. But when he actually dies at the end, he like really. That's a happy ending, too, because he gets to go be reunited with his sister. Yeah, but I always remember thinking like. I don't know. I just it's like it would have been more fun because him and Danny had like a connection. The whole point was for his sister to avenge her. You missed the whole point of the movie. Eh. Got other questions? One more. Okay. I feel like we have to discuss this. Oh. Okay. You're gonna be, we would be remiss if I did not ask you. Okay. What is your reaction <gasps> to the news of a sequel? I am peed off, my friends. <laughs> peed off? Why are you peed off? You don't You need, love this movie. You don't need to mess with perfection. This is what happened with Miss Congeniality 2. Um, Legally Blonde 2, Grease 2. I literally hate all of those movies because they ruin them. But does a bad sequel take from the quality of the original? Or can you still enjoy the original regardless? I just, I'm nervous for them trying. Because they're so much older now too. That's what I was going to say. They look the same when they come back. I feel like if they do a sequel, and well, I, they are, by the way, this is not me just like messing with it, everyone. It's in pre-production. There's like, it's been announced. It's going out on Disney Plus. It's supposed to be next October. Yeah. But they were supposed to be filming like now. So we'll see if that happens. But we recently saw Bette Midler in like The Politician. Mm-hmm. And she just seems so much shorter in that movie, than she, <laughs> in that TV show than she does in this movie. That's true. And it's, and I think that's just a quality of like, you know, when you get old, you kind of become like a little old person. And uh, she's, I'm worried about her and that ability. My fear is that, like, by creating sequel, you're discounting everything that happened in the first one. They destroyed them forever. Well, that's that. I was I wrote that down. I was like, I could not remember exactly how it goes down. But the fact that they all turned to dust. Yeah. I'm like, how do you walk that back? Yes. That's what I want to know. Unless it's a prequel. But they're well, they can use age to their advantage, though, saying True. they hadn't sucked any lives out of children. So yeah, that could work. I guess we'll see. Maybe it's an 1800s hocus pocus. But I feel like as we've already pointed out some of the best gags of this movie are them interacting 
with the real world with the world being 300 years in advance and so like i feel like a lot of the best gags would be like you know them seeing smartphones or them seeing electric cars mm. or you're right and it couldn't be a prequel because they couldn't come back until max lit that dang candle 300 years later yeah i mean if it was a prequel it'd be in the 1600s correct yeah so it could mm, i don't know i'm just very highly cautious skeptical yeah skeptical. i don't know i'm don't skeptical know. also part because of, like they're going straight to disney plus and what are you gonna like Binks is 90% of the the good part of that movie. That's not true. There's so much good stuff. But like, if say. you don't have another Binks, because Binks went to heaven, what are you going to do? I'm just, I'm not looking forward to that. I'm going to be honest. I will say that, remember though, because this, this is another like cl tr classic trope of horror movies, which was cool that they embodied this in this kid's horror movie. Hmm. There's like that cliffhanger. The credits roll over the book's eye. Oh, yeah. Opening up and looking around. You're right. You're right. So the book somehow summoned his mother back. Yeah, or someone could like read a spell. Someone could be like, "What's this spell here?" And you know, instead of just a simple lighting a candle, like they have to actually read this book and like do an extra spell or something like that. But it could still bring them back. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. So any anything else you wanted to mention? Can I just go over some of my favorite favorite little points? Uh, sure. Okay. I love the club scene where the parents are at that Halloween ball. I want just, to go to a party yeah, like that as an adult. That's what I said, too. I was like, they go ham. These costumes are awesome. The band is amazing. And I just thought that was like a very magical scene to me. It's so funny to me because I can remember when I was a kid thinking like, man, this is dorky and I can't believe it. And now I'm like, I want that party to exist where I live. Um, Yeah, it was awesome. Then when Billy's trying to come up from the sewer and his fingers get squished off, I think that's very funny. <laughs> um. I like that they call a school. They say, what is this place? It's a prison for children. And it's a school. <laughs> okay, so another nit to pick. Okay. How the hell do they go from... How the hell do they go from where they are in terms of that... They're like outside of the parents thing. They're like hiding outside of a, a fish restaurant or something. And then the next thing you know... Because they like try to sniff them and then they miss them. They're in the alleyway. And then the next thing you know, they're at the school. There is no explanation of how they get the witches to follow them from that random alley where they did not find them to the school. It's just like smash cut to the school. Because the oven falls down in the alley and Allison goes, I have an idea. Right. So that's that's the impetus for why they want to get them to the school. But it does not explain how they get them they to the school. sniff them. Oh, okay. Just the sniffing. All right. Okay. Other great parts. Um Let's see. I put Binks at N equals sad face, but happy face. I was very sad when he died, but then happy that he was reunited. When Thackeray kisses Danny at the end on the cheek, a ghost kiss, I was like, oh, I want to be Danny. <laughs> I love that. The it's funny. You were saying, I want to be Danny. I was saying, I want to be Thackeray. <laughs> I love that the bullies get what they deserve. They get left in cages. That's good comeuppance. Um, what are some other... They're all just so, so great. Like we already said, Allison's house is very cool. I wish I had a house like that. Um, and then... That's it. <laughs> Anticlimactic. Yeah. That's it. That's all. Everything I, I oh, have. Oh, this is, it was my last point. I like that Allison and Max, you never see them kiss, actually. They were like about to kiss, and then they're like, <gasps> Danny. Because the witches break back in. And I like that the movie, rewatching it today, I'm like, this isn't a movie. It's not a love movie. It is a love movie between siblings. And I think that's really sweet to have yeah. it be like about an older brother taking care of his little sister. 
Yeah. Maybe in Hocus Pocus 2, it's an older sister taking care of her little brother. Whoa, whoa, mind blown. Disney, pay us, we'll write it. <laughs> no, I won't. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all I got. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much everything I had then. So I guess we just have to to end with our, uh, you know, w- uh, renewing vows and heart ratings. So let's yes, start. and 10,000. <laughs> okay. You go. Yes, and ten, done. Just yes, and ten thousand. All right, so ten thousand hearts. Yeah, out, out of, of five. <laughs> and yes, you would renew your vows. This is truly one of my favorite movies of all time. I will say, this watching it. Oh God, here we go. There were some elements to me that did not hold up. The fact that there's no other color of people than white in the movie, I will. I noticed that. Hmm. Yeah. So that that's that's one thing. And there's some some tropes and some some more subtle like masculine issues and homophobia and like some stuff there that's like coming from a place that I think is dated, uh, as well as obviously some of the references that like just don't feel as present anymore. So for that reason alone, instead of giving it a full five out of five, I was going to get it, give it a, a four point five out of five, a four point five out of five. It, it's only getting 90 percent people. Wow. But I would renew my vows. Okay. This I would I would watch this movie. We already said we'd watch this movie today. I'll watch this movie again next year. I would happily watch this movie five times before I ever watch Halloween Town again, ever. If you'd like us to talk about Halloween Town on another episode, let us know. Speaking of scary movies too, that like from our childhood, yeah, The Witches. The Witches is horrifying. The Witches, the original OG Witches, and they are redoing it with uh, Chris Rock. And they're doing it on HBO Max. I'm, I'm like, and you're forgetting the main character. The witch is, um, Anne Hathaway. Yes, Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Which she is, in my opinion, too beautiful. But movie lovers, we actually, we so, uh, we've talked about maybe doing new movies and and some newer stuff. So if you are interested in maybe hearing our thoughts on newer movies, i.e., the witches, I want you to on our social media accounts. You need to uh, at us. So at uh, 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 in love with movies and letter N love with movies on Twitter uh, in love underscore movies uh, with movies on uh, uh, Instagram and just go like look for at in love with movies on Facebook and if you add us that with the hashtag which is yas that's Y-A-S which is yas sorry Y-A-S-S okay yes two S's I apologize why so which is yas and how many how many did we say that if we had that many people we would we will give a special episode so if you want a special episode from us that has no love topic just us talking about this particular new released movie let us know let's say 20 people 20 yeah okay we're only gonna go 20 okay yeah. all right uh so 20 is it's gonna be if we get hashtag which is yas with you adding us on and we're gonna count any of our social media so you whatever is your preferred measure that you watch us from uh, get good at us on there and then if we have that we will release a special episode where we watch that movie as well i'm scared <laughs> like actually legitimately frightened. So scary <laughs> maybe in some future halloween episode we'll watch the original but uh i'm, I'm curious no, we're to watching see halloween town if people you know maybe, maybe you don't care maybe you don't care about our thoughts on things but i want to know if people want to know so okay all right well with that then I love you, Nick. I love you, Danny. I love Hocus Pocus. And we love you, movie lovers. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Stay tuned for next month and have a happy Halloween. I put a spell on you. Follow us on Twitter at the letter N, love with movies. On Facebook at facebook.com slash with movies and love. And on Instagram and TikTok at in love underscore with movies. 
You can email us at withmoviesinlove, that's all one word, withmoviesinlove at gmail.com to share your own love stories with us, suggest future love topics that you might want to hear us discuss, or just to say, hey, we'd like to hear from you. Hey. All original music written and performed by Danny Smith with our theme song remixed by Paul Brandt. And this whole podcast was produced and edited by my lovely husband, Nicholas Baldwin. And special thanks to Nick Stretchberry for our website and podcast art. We did!